football podcast once again we're here to talk some fantasy football i am your host my name is mark and i am here with my fantasy gurus my fantasy experts and they're here to share their knowledge uh they're gonna kind of fill you guys in on what you need to know for the 2020 season i'm gonna send it out first to my buddy rich what's going on rich Mark, what's happening, man? Good to be with you again. Talk some fantasy football. Looking forward to it. Hope all's well with you, man. Yeah, I'm all good. And uh, we're going to talk about the NFC East today, which is a division. It's a little top-heavy, uh, you know, but a lot to talk about. But before we get there, I'm going to send it over to Brad, my other co-host, and kind of see what's popping over on that side of town. What's up, Brad? Hey, what's up, Mark? What's up, Rich? Today, hey, actually, I got some uh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful uh, dabs for us today. Uh, Venom extracts <laughs> is what uh, we're going to be testing out today. We're going to be showing the world. I'm glad you uh, you mentioned that. Yeah, I was going to say before we get into the fantasy talk, the deep state fantasy analysis, um, we're going to have a little herbal intermission as we like to do. And I'm going to send it over to Bradley. Brad, what's puffing today? Okay, I apologize for that. I just thought everyone knew we were going to smoke some weed real quick and then start talking football. So I apologize. Brad, but anyways. Brad's ready to smoke his weed. Uh, yeah. We got to apologize. He's ready. He's yeah. ready. The, good, <laughs> the good guys down at Venom Extract sent me this one gram. Yeah, it's a, it's a dab. Uh, Mumblebee. So it sounds pretty good. So, uh, so what we're going to do is, uh, first off, I got to let everyone know about dabs. It is not just something you want to take lightly. You want to make sure you take a dab, you take it inhale, exhale real quick. Do not leave it in. Do not try to be a hero. You're not trying to impress anyone. So that being said, just be careful with it. I didn't know that, uh, you know, you're so used to uh, when you're smoking weed, taking a deep hit and inhaling and holding it in. You're, you're saying the opposite is true with dabs. I'm getting educated right now as we speak. Yeah, you can really mess with your blood pressure. A lot of crazy things can go on. So definitely just want to do one big inhale, exhale, make it quick. You're not going to get anything more out of the head by leaving it in. You're just going to make your eyes go black. That's all. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Does it have uh, any terpenes in it? Maybe it gives it some uh, skunkiness? Yeah, it's definitely got a little like a, like a piney taste to it. So, I mean, I mean, different flavors have different tastes. So I'm not so much big on the flavor, more on the high. And uh, I'm always a sativa guy. So today we are going to light it up. You get your torch and we got like our little uh, straw, if you will. And you heat up the end pretty good. This shit gets hot, so do not touch it. I know you stoners out there like to forget things. And guess what? It will burn. But anyways, <laughs> so you take this right here. You get it nice and hot. And you just take your little silicone of wax. Do a little hit, and uh, yeah, we're ready to go. That is why they call him Dr. Dabbers. 
the jabs, <laughs> I know you're a big fan of them. And uh, do you think they kind of bring out the best in you when it comes to explaining your fantasy knowledge? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, flour and everything tends to get me a little tired. So I definitely like the dabs because it keeps me upbeat, clear mind, and ready to talk, man. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I want to thank you for uh, explaining the process of the dabs to everybody. And I know everybody might be like me. They might be, uh, you know, kind of wondering what it's all about. So, and here he goes again. He's got the torch going. <laughs> He's going well, back just, at it. Some people didn't actually see the whole process, Mark. I just like to be thorough. Oh, oh. You don't want to miss a step. Yeah. And, yeah. See? That's good, man. And thanks for kind of letting us know what's up with those Venom extracts. Sounds like a pretty popular brand and uh, something people should check out out there. Getting into it now on the Organic Football Podcast. Uh, Me and my guys here, we're going to break down the NFC East and start in the nation's capital and talk about a team that is just a fountain of fantasy talent, you know, a a virtual geyser exploding out of the earth of uh, fantasy. Awesome. No, just kidding. I mean, it's the Washington Redskins. They're a terrible football team. I don't know. I disagree, man. I mean, I think they're a well-run organization from top down, dude. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I can't. I can't. I can't. (laughs) I tried. I really tried. Yeah, that's there. There is a lot to talk about, though. And Rich, I mean, on a serious note, you know, we'll get into some of the other players, but the main one that comes to mind is a guy that you picked up last year. Uh, You probably thought uh, a lot about him, and he went out and flashed uh, for most of the season. That would be Terry McLaurin. Terry, they called him Scary Terry. They called him F1. F1, I like that one. Um, I like that kid a lot. Good wide receiver, man. Uh, Picked him up last year on the wire. Had a couple of different options I could have picked up at that time, but he's, he's the kid who stood out to me. Last year, he was a real good talent. They looked for him in the red zone. One thing that kind of, I don't know, chapped my hide a bit was um, Dwayne Haskins last year. That was his rookie season, and it was a struggle. So I'd see a lot of really, you know, McLaurin would break free, and he'd be wide open. And uh, Haskins was unavailable to get him the ball. He was was not going to get him the ball, so. Uh, it was a struggle at the end of the last year, but uh, definitely a talent. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think McLaren's a great talent. Uh, if you get him for a cheap price, you definitely want him on your bench for a flex two position. But who's whenever I look at wide receivers, I always look at who's throwing him the ball. And like Rich said, Dwayne Haskins is throwing him the ball. So while he, I think, improved from last year, I don't think he's improved that much for me to risk that much of my bankroll on him. Uh, for a couple bucks, yeah, I'm interested, but otherwise... You know, he's not really on my radar. Yeah, yeah, Terry McLaurin, man, uh, he kind of surprised me. I wasn't expecting uh, that kind of talent uh, out of the kid. Um, he didn't really uh, catch my radar when they drafted him. But he did come out and perform nicely uh, going into the 2020 season. He's looking like he may be the really only uh, weekly player that's fantasy relevant in Washington. Such a quagmire down there in Washington for, you know, seven, eight years since they had RG3 and, you know, he, you know, RG3 (laughs) was there. He had the huge rookie year and then, you know, he pretty much snapped his leg in half in that, uh, 
marshland they call FedEx Field over there. Uh, just in terms of fantasy relevance, uh, Terry McLaurin's going to be a guy to watch. Uh, possibly a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver one, depending on the quarterback position. And I'm looking at the depth chart, Rich, and the QB. They got Dwayne Haskins, like you mentioned. He definitely looks like a rook. Some rookie mistakes, some uh, just some poor decisions out there once he got the starting job. And I'm seeing Alex Smith and Kyle Allen. It looks like he came over from the Panthers with Ron Rivera being the new coach. Brad, do you think Kyle Allen may eventually be the starter in Washington? I don't know, man. I think Alex Smith's pretty good, too. So I think, you know, that's actually kind of promising. I didn't know those two guys were there, so that's kind of nice. So, I mean, if Haskin doesn't get his shit together, I mean, Alex Smith has pretty much been decent wherever he goes. Alex Smith is like, I mean, they're they're calling him like kind of like a long shot to play, though. He had that devastating injury, and, you know, like you were saying, Rich, you you look at Alex Smith coming off that – I mean, his knee just got shredded. They thought he might lose his leg, I think, at one point. so. Oh, I totally forgot about that. That's, that He almost did get it amputated. That's crazy. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, man. So, I mean, Alex Smith, he's, he's the, like, they would hope to have him. He's technically on the roster, but they might not be counting on him to be full strength this season. They probably just want a cerebral help coach him, you know. Which le- which leaves them with Haskins, Haskins and Allen. So, like, both those guys, I wouldn't trust them. They're not trustworthy. So, like, you know, that is the thing is I, I see McLaren as having really high-end wide receiver one talent. But like you said, Brad, like that quarterback situation will hold him back. I don't, I don't see either of those quarterbacks really being efficient. Um so, you know, and then, you know, we touch on the on the backfield real quick, but um, you know, those guys they they've got a lot of guys in the Yeah, they they sure do, man. Adrian Peterson, you know, he's just a machine. He's still chugging along out there. Uh not sure if he'll be yeah, I don't know if AP is going to be fantasy relevant really anymore. Darius guys, uh just a lot of health issues. A young guy still early in his career. He missed a I mean pretty much most of two seasons at this point. So I, I get the feeling that Darius Geis may be kind of that uh that hot draft pick, you know, that that comes out and somebody might uh pay a little too much for a guy like him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think anything's too much for him. I don't like that team really at all. So we'll say I, I did have one thought like in their backfield, they, they did draft um, this kid, Antonio Gibson, big kid. He, he kind of plays like a wide receiver running back kind of flex position type thing. So um, I could see him kind of like growing into a role where he's like in a, in a nice little role there. Um, kind of like what you used to see with Chris Thompson, but a little bit better, um, a little, obviously a bigger back. So he can, he could do that. So I think that could be like one of those project type players, um, where you put him on your bench and hope for, you know, about week eight, he's kind of being utilized. Okay. And yeah, looking at the other side from McLaurin, I mean, you got Steven Sims Jr., uh, Jeremy Sprinkles at tight end. Just not a lot of fantasy relevance, most likely. Just kind of a wasteland. It's McLaurin. That's the guy who, if you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a pass catcher. You get him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, a nice flex to rotate him on nice, good, juicy matchups, and you know, that's about it. Yeah, that's what I found last year. Was I would I would find where he'd have a nice quarter cornerback matchup against him. And um, I'd start him against that, like a, a real weak cornerback. He can he can beat that guy one on one. He can definitely do that. Okay, so. yeah. And then when we uh, come back here in a second, we'll talk about flip the script and talk about their defense. 
because I do want to mention that uh, rookie draft pick that they took. Yeah, yeah, they got uh, him and Montez Sweat from last year. Like, I actually think Redskins are a pretty good defense. And we're back, and we were going to talk about the Redskins' defensive prospects for the uh, 2020 season, but you know, uh, Brad over there, he's got to hit another dab before we get into that. Let it rip, Brad. Well, sure. Why not? <laughs> Don't mind if I do, he says. <laughs> I mean, we're, you want to talk NFC East, man. We're still talking Redskins. Yeah. We're talking NFC East. He needs another dab. <laughs> yeah, dude. We're still talking Redskins. Yeah, I'm going to have to get prepared. Dab him up. <laughs> I like the technique. Like he said, I mean, that's exactly how he explained it. There, there we go. Quick breath in, let it go. And how's that one grabbing you, Brad? How you feeling, man? It's good to go. Uh, I'm still waiting on the pterodactyls to come pick me up. But, uh, yeah, other than that, we're doing pretty good. That's good, man. Well, let's get back into the fantasy talk. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we're not going to spend much more time on the Redskins here because that would be, uh, well, criminal probably. But uh, the defense, I did want to mention their draft pick, Chase Young. (laughs) Coming out of Ohio State, you know, I like the kid's swagger. He's brash. He's confident. Uh, he's going to be, looks like an impact edge rusher opposite Ryan Kerrigan. Rich, do you think they made the right call drafting him at the top of the draft there? Uh, I think it was a good call. Um, maybe I could have been convinced that Washington goes to a quarterback there in that situation. But, uh, you know, with Chase Young, they're going to have two young talents to rush the passer. Uh, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, their draft pick from last year. So that's going to be a good attacking defense. So, you know, there might be some plays out there. It might be worth a flyer. Um, if you have room on your roster construction for a bench defense, then that might be a good defense. Uh, might actually have a good fantasy season. Uh, the linebackers are kind of older. They got just a hodgepodge of different vets that they've picked up. And then they did get Landon Collins uh, at strong safety. You know, he's... He's an impact safety. He can make some plays. He can uh, snag some pick sixes. So that's a defense to keep in mind. I agree, Brad. How about you? Uh, yeah, like you said, if you got a spot in your roster, stash them away, and maybe you get lucky and they score some points. But like I said, I, don't, I think they're going to be a bottom half of the league, bottom quarter of the league. Their, their offense is going to end up putting them in bad positions because the offense is going to be... Yeah, the, the defense will quit, They're not going to be able to keep up with some of the stiffer competition, uh, even within their own division. So, yeah, I agree. It's it's a one to keep an eye on, but not necessarily a, a draftable defense. Uh, but some star potential. So... Moving on from the Redskins. You guys ready to move on? Keep up with the fantasy talk? We are rocking and a rolling. Well, I'll tell you, Rich, how about them Cowboys? Because we are going to Dallas to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They got the blue star on their helmet. They got the blue star at midfield, and they got a big-ass stadium they call Jerry World. Uh, There's a whole lot of Cowboys fans out there, and, hey, their team this year – I'm really thinking this this may be a Super Bowl caliber team. Uh, definitely maybe a deep playoff run for them. Um, just getting into the fantasy aspects, though, Rich, they're, they're bringing back uh, Dak. And, you know, what are you expecting from him? Maybe a top five quarterback performance? I could see him push to that. Uh, this whole contract situation, we'll see how that resolves itself. I could see that playing in, though. Um 
you know, when you think about like, okay, if he doesn't get a, a contract done, uh, what's his attitude like? And, and to me, I've always seen a lot of character in Dad. He seems like a stand-up guy. Um, to me, I think it puts him into that like fired up scenario where he's going to come out and play really, really well this season. I, I, I'm probably seeing him as a top five quarterback. I, I, when you end of the day, he's got weapons and he may be a little bit angry or he's feeling good because he finally got paid. Either way, um, I think you can have a good situation. Yeah, I like Dallas too. Uh, I think that, uh, like Rich said, they got a lot of weapons. Uh, you know, who doesn't like Mark Cooper? And I'm pretty big on CeeDee Lamb. I think he's going to just find open holes because everyone's going to take the attention and I think he's going to play well. And so, and then with Zeke controlling, you know, Zeke's always hungry. He wants to eat, you know, he's, there's going to be a lot of attention going the other way. So I think if CeeDee Lamb can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mercifully the, the Jason Garrett uh, era finally ended. I mean, that guy had been on the hot seat for about eight straight seasons, but they bring in Mike McCarthy, you know, he's won a Super Bowl in green Bay. And you just hope uh, it doesn't take too long for Mike McCarthy to figure out that, yeah, you need to feed that man. Get Ezekiel Elliott the rock, uh, you know, 20, 25 times a game and let him do what he can do. And everything else seems like it'll just fall into place. Absolutely. I've been uh, I've been a Zeke owner, you know, twice a happy Zeke owner. So um, there's definitely I, I love to see it when he gets that 20 to 25. When you hit that number, that's exactly right, Mark. Um when he hits in that number, it just it starts to wear that defense down. It lets him eat, man. He's he's feeling good, exactly. Like he gets in that zone. I you can actually see it in his face when he gets to that, and he just knows that he's got that defense. He he sees it. He sees the hole. Yeah. Sometimes as the game grinds down, you know, and the defense is wearing out in the fourth quarter, Zeke always seems so energized, and it's like he's almost toying with the opponent you know he just knows he's gonna go hit him and they don't want to get hit at that point by him because they've been taking the load the whole game you know there's only a few of those backs still left and he's one of them where it's just like that defense starts to be like worn down he just wants to punish him i mean and like you said just like over and over he looks for contact i think he's a top three back this year so to me he's worth your money if you can go out and get him he's definitely not going to be disappointed and plus i think in that division, they generally give up points. You know, every time they get together, it's always 27-35. So. Yeah, for sure, and I agree with that analysis. And just going back, Brad, you kind of mentioned their receivers real quick, and they made the draft pick of C.D. Lamb. Uh, he They got him at the number 17 spot, and he was kind of projected to be the top receiver off the board. Didn't work out that way, but he was the third uh, receiver to go in the first round. I like what he brings to the table. But just Michael Gallup made some major strides uh, in Dallas. And Amari Cooper, man, I want to talk real quick about him. Uh, I see a lot. Just the way that he came over from Oakland in a midseason trade uh, a couple years back and immediately started contributing, you know, that kind of showed me that Cooper, he can pick up a playbook and just go out there and make plays. It made me think he's more of a cerebral type of player than maybe he gets credit for. Yeah, and I think also he's an excellent route runner too. So that's what really that's what's really good about him. Yeah, uh, Rich, you know, what are you thinking about Cooper and Gallup and their fantasy prospects with uh, Dak slinging the ball to him? Man, I'll tell you, it's it's going to be a good offense. Um, I, I'm a little scared of um, C.D. Lamb's situation just being a rookie. Um, I, I see him taking some time to come into his own in the offense. So I mean. 
he he'd be a flyer for me. Um, Cooper, yeah, excellent, excellent route runner. However, you know, it's I I, I worry about the ball being drawn elsewhere. I kind of think a sneaky play is is Gallup in the in the wide receiver core. I could see I could see actually. I mean, really, any any of those three guys are going to have they're going to have balls. It's it's going to be a good offense. They're yeah, Gallup Gallup made strides. Uh, he he proved that he can be a playmaker. Opposite Cooper. He galloped in strides. <laughs> he galloped right into stride. I mean, he just kept galloping right into the end zone uh, sometimes. Amari Cooper, though, you know, early in his career in Oakland at the time, uh, it seemed like he kind of had a case of the stone hands. You know, he was dropping balls and he just wasn't securing it properly. And since he's been in Dallas, I, I don't know. I've just been impressed. I thought he might actually bust out when they traded him to Dallas. But he's been a nice fit and on a really good offense, a lot of firepower. You know, this offense is really going to get going. Uh, that's that's a good wide receiver pick, I think. Yeah, I mean, Amari Cooper, I mean, he's a first-round draft pick from Oakland. Um, I, I think he was a little unfocused in Oakland. I think, uh, you know, th- just being in that situation, you say your stone hands, I think it was just like, you know, just this weird motivating factor of like not having. So the change of scenery to Dallas, I think it did him a lot of good. And guy got paid this offseason. He's getting about $20 million a year now. So he's worth it, in my opinion. I mean, he's, it, it's a little overpay, but he's he's worth it for that number one type wide receiver, though. What do you, Brad, what do you think about his value? What do you think? Um, what do you think a guy like Cooper goes for? I think he's going to go for somewhere forty, forty dollars, forty-five. Yeah, he did go for uh, forty-six bucks in our draft last year, and you know he did get a little bit uh, hobbled. Uh, you know he did have a nagging injury uh, throughout the course of the season. I think he missed uh, you know two or three games there, which is always tough uh, when you're in fantasy. Never like to see that, but uh overall you know uh amari cooper season long this year i think he's going to be a receiver that can kind of uh really bust through the roof of the fantasy uh potential on him and now do you guys have any thoughts about uh dallas's defense i actually like dallas's defense i just think they put up points you know their offense puts them in good situations they like to run the ball so i mean for a dollar you know i think you can grab them and i think they might you know they might hit. They're on my board. I don't know if I'll actually get Dallas's them. defense has some good board. playmakers. I like those two linebackers, uh, Vander Esch, and, or is that his name, Vander Esch? Yeah, Leighton uh, Vander, Vander Esch, and then yeah. the other guy, Jalen Smith, I believe his name is, um, the two linebackers. So they, they come out there. They, they make some good plays. Um, and Sean Lee, if he ever stayed healthy. Intermingling in with those two guys. But then they, they lost Byron Jones, so I think – I think you're right that you know you you could spend a dollar on. They do they did bring in some veteran uh, free agents to kind of fill out their secondary. They got ha ha Clinton Dix. Is that just the best pro sports name of all time? <laughs> that dude's name is ha 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 or ha ha. I don't know. And then ha, uh, ha, I think you pronounce it ha ha. I'll just call him Mister Clinton Dix. Ha, That's ha, what I was, ha, ha. Uh, Get it straight. And they also got Xavier Woods, a free safety. Uh, the Dallas defense, there have been some rumors of Jamal Adams coming over there from the Jets. Uh, he's a big hitter out there in the secondary. So uh, Dallas just looks like they're going to have a good all-around team on both sides of the ball. A lot of uh, fantasy studs, a lot of fantasy potential I'm seeing is going to come out of Big D this year. Yeah, I think, like you said, four, five, six guys are going to come out of there. So they're going to have a good team. 
Welcome back to the Organic Football Podcast. We're getting into here with the NFC East. And uh, my co-hosts are ready to fill y'all in on what you need to know about these remaining two teams. And we're going to the New York Giants, out to the Meadowlands. Uh, New era out there in New York. Eli Manning has uh, retired. And it is Daniel Jones' show now. Rich, what did you think of uh, Daniel Jones' performance in his rookie season? I got to say I was fairly impressed with him. It was kind of like that Drew Locke guy. I, I, I didn't like the, either of those guys coming out of college. Um, I was pretty boisterous about it. So um, for what he did in his rookie year, looked pretty good, to be honest with you. Um, I have to kind of eat my words on that a little bit. You know, We'll see how it goes coming into the second year, but – he looked pretty good, to be honest with you. Yeah, when the Giants picked him, uh kind of seemed like that, that pick was uh, universally panned by the uh, so-called experts. You know, they're, who's this Daniel Jones kid? And, uh, you know, it's a bad pick. But uh, I agree, I did see some, uh, some potential in him. Kind of started out, had a couple pretty big games. He had a huge game against Tampa. I remember that. Then he faded out a little bit, you know, kind of backslid a little bit, I would say, but... Still a, a pretty decent effort. What do you think, Brad? Is Daniel Jones uh, on your radar as a fantasy quarterback? Uh, I don't think he's really on anyone's radar. I mean, I mean, it depends on if you're playing two quarterback leagues or something. I mean, I, at the same time, I don't think he's going to be awful, too. Because I think anyone with Saquon Barkley on your team, he's going to take a lot of pressure off you. So that's really good as a rookie quarterback to have a really stout running back in your backfield. So, And I also like his receiver options. So, I mean, I think he could do good, but he's not on my radar. He's not a. I don't. I don't place him in the top twelve. Um, he might be the guy who's your who's your backup. Uh, beyond that, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not going to be able to trust him week to week. That's for sure. If I was in a in a platoon quarterback situation where I I am picking every week and I, I just went real cheap value on both my quarterbacks, um, he could be in that type of mix. For you know NFL wise, when I see him on the field, he he did look like he was coming into his own a little bit last year. Like you said though. A lot of young quarterbacks go through that where it's that backslide. After about you know five, six games, then the defenses start to catch up a little bit. So second-year progression, I would think he would be better. Um, start turning himself into like a, you know, a young Eli Manning. He seems, he seems like the same type of quarterback to me. So um, he's not ready for fantasy football-wise. Um, he might be nice and serviceable this year as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and I see the Giants at the bottom of the pack too, so I don't see them winning a lot of games. So that's also – tough to when you have a fantasy quarterback that doesn't win games and not really I don't know if they're gonna put up points either so yeah and if I'm the Giants I I would I mean I would want to give Saquon Barkley the rock so um you you utilize that guy and that kind of takes Daniel Jones out of the equation they want to like they want to limit his exposure probably if, if I'm that offensive coordinator and they got um oh geez what's his name the Jason Garrett who came in so he's going to be their um he's their <laughs> offensive coordinator now good old so. Jason Garrett yeah, I mean, that could be dangerous with him coming from the Cowboys. So, I mean, that could give him a little leg up on those two games. He he landed on his feet there in uh, New York. And then their new head coach is Joe Judge. He looks like another one of these guys that came out of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Um, he was a Patriots uh, assistant for about eight years. You know, we'll see how he does as a head coach, you know, being the man there. But Saquon Barkley, uh, yeah, I mean, 
wow, that kid was amazing his rookie year. Uh, just tore up this league. You know, he had that knee injury last year and kind of kind of just really slowed him down and really uh, stunted his growth because he was on pace to really, uh, you know, do something in this league. Yeah, I wouldn't count him out this year, though. I mean, I still think he could bounce back and do some great stuff. It's kind of where I was thinking. I mean, with a healthy healthy offseason and healthy Barkley, um, he could be he could be real high end this year. So, you know, something to look out for: utilization, um, skill, talent. It's all there. I mean, I, I saw a workout video from that kid the other day, and it was like the legs on that kid was just like, "What am I looking at?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's this? a top three back. So, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of those guys. My uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fingers crossed thing where you hope it's not a a David Johnson type of deja vu there, where you know running backs just tearing it up for a year or two and the injuries just start piling up and they're never the same, but a lot of talent there for Saquon. So I agree. He's a, he's a top three, four back uh, coming out this year. Mark's scaring me. (laughs) You're you're scaring me, man. You said, you said that shit. You you brought back traumatic memories. Flashbacks. (laughs) (laughs) I need a hit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. I won't mention David Johnson or his broken wrist. Years of therapy, you just set him back. Years know, of therapy. Man. I gotta he go. I gotta go. Almost past it. Throws the fucking headphones down. I'm out. Dude, hold on. I'm gonna text his wife. Make sure he's okay. <laughs> like I have David Johnson deja vu every fucking night. I just texted broken her. Dresser later. Mark mentioned David Johnson, and she replied, "Oh my god, I'll check on him." So, <laughs> So, yeah, so, yeah, I think he's in good hands now. So, yeah, we don't have to worry about him. She'll take care of me. (laughs) So, looking at the receiving core in New York, uh, you got Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate. Those guys are both somebody you might want to have on your fantasy bench, uh, plug in from time to time. Uh, There's some playmaking type of receivers. Golden Tate, you know, he's been on three or four different teams and seems like he's always been a a good asset. It always puzzles me why – Guys that are that talented, uh, you know, end up going to several different teams in their career. So the two wideers, I like Golden Tate, but I also like Sterling Shepard for that matter, because I do like them at that flex two position. Or like you said, just to fill a bench spot. But I'm not paying much more than a couple bucks for either of them. Uh, I do think they can produce some decent numbers here and there, but I'm not really taking a flyer on I would agree with that. That they're they're the type of players that are are rosterable. Put them on my roster. Did I just make a word? Uh, rosterable. Uh, <laughs> we are adding that to the uh, Webster's dictionary this year, man. It's going in. It's actually already in there. To <laughs> add one to one's roster. <laughs> That's rosterable. It. Perfect. Rosterable. Uh, but no, I'll put them on my roster. Uh, see how it plays out. I have a feeling that out of the one of the three guys, I, I we didn't mention Darius Slayton, but that kid was killer last year. I could see a situation where even that kid could take over as, as a legit like number one in their system and be a real producer. He could be in that flex conversation too. So I, I would put a flyer on all three, um, not spend a lot of money on them, but they could end up working out real well. Yeah, I mean, sure. even if you get one of those guys like Sterling Shepard or one of these guys go popping off in the first couple of weeks, maybe some good trade bait, you know, go get yourself a nice little uh, guy that didn't produce. Yeah, I, I like to take wide receivers and try to make them into running backs. So that's that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Silver to gold. 
<laughs> yeah, you mentioned Darius Slayton, Rich, and uh, I agree. Uh, yeah. Last year, man, it is only about two or three games where he really – you know, exploded, but they were like the eye-popping kind of games where he's going off for like 65, 70-yard touchdown bombs and just outrunning mm-hmm. the secondary. So, yeah, Darius Slay, man, that kid's talented for sure. One to keep an eye on also. Uh, they got Evan Ingram at tight end. I do like him. I think he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, talented kid for sure. Um, I like Evan Ingram a lot. He's he's yeah. a good pass catcher too. I mean, he might dip into the value of the wide receivers because, I mean, to me, he's he's a wide receiver himself. I mean, I, I don't see him doing a ton of run blocking, but um, he's he's a great route runner and, and a big body out yeah, there. So he's right behind Kelsey and Kittle in my book. So you got him that high, huh? Okay. But yeah, me me. I'd feel like back half of the top ten. Yeah, that's kind of where I was. And they utilize him too. He's you know he's going to get a lot of that target share in the red zone. I would think. Yeah, I, I like the teams that set up with a solid running game, and I do think that that filters into opening up the tight end a lot um, just because it sucks in the linebackers sometimes. So um, I can see that. I can see that kind of playing out pretty well. I mean, that's that's high end for him, but yeah, I could see that. I could see that going that way. I tried to trade heavy for him last year with no success, and to me his situation has only gotten better, so not worse. So I do like it. Yeah. Yeah, he was dinged up last year, so a healthy year that that could be he could be top five. I could I could be convinced of that. And more time with Daniel Jones too, and like we said, Saquon's going to take a lot of pressure off a lot of people. So, so it sounds like you're expecting some pretty uh, good uh, things from this offense, Brad. Some nice uh, fantasy production, huh? I think they can put up some points. Uh, I don't see them winning games, but I do see them putting up some points here and there. All right. Uh, then we could move to the defense, uh, New York Giants defense. I'm not thinking uh, there's anything too special about them. What about you guys? Uh, no, I think they're going to lose some games. So you want teams scoring 30 points on you. <laughs> Go ahead and pick them up. The Giants will get that done for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they, they are a great play. Kind of a bad team, going to be losing games, so I want to get involved. All right, and then Saquon Barkley, I mean, is that in terms of the fantasy draft, are you thinking he might be one of these guys that goes for over $70? I think that's about where he'll be, yeah. I, yeah, so 65 is pretty much where I'd be at with him. Uh, I could see him going – I mean, 65 would be a steal, honestly. But I could see him going for up to 75. So moving on to the last team in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles. This team, they won a Super Bowl recently, and we're back in the playoffs last year after really turning it around at the end of the season. But you look at their roster, and, I mean, with the whole uh, COVID-19, they're building all those field hospitals up in New York. They might want to think about maybe uh, erecting one right outside of Lincoln Financial Field because this team has a a lot of uh, medical issues, at least they did last year, but... (laughs) Starting with their QB, Carson Wentz. You know the kid can play, but uh, can he stay healthy? That's the question. I'll send it over to you, Rich. What do you think? Uh, I hope he does. I hope this is the year he does stay healthy. Kid's got amazing talent. I think when he is healthy and he is in charge of that team, um, he is in command. He he makes great decisions. He's uh, able to peruse the field and and you know make the checkdowns he's 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 able to do anything you're looking for he can hit the deep ball he can hit accurate throws in the short intermediate i love carson Wentz, but um yeah if, it's about if he stays healthy uh it hasn't happened over the last couple of years 
Yeah, I'm not so much worried about his health as much as his wide receiver's health because those guys are scary. Deshaun Jackson, I don't think that guy ever stretches because he blows a hammy every time he goes out on that field. (laughs) And so, I mean, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, he's been hurt. So, I mean, they got a lot of talent. Even uh, Ertz got hurt. So, I don't know. Uh, Like you said, I do think a medical 10 out there would do them some good. (laughs) They need something. Yeah, but I mean, with – with health, though, this team will be a really high-end offense, in my opinion, um, if they're healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've gotten young at wide receiver at the same time, though. They, they have those guys, but um, they drafted Jalen Rager, uh, yeah. young kid, they real, the, real good uh, wide receiver. Ortega Whiteside uh, is another Whiteside one. Whiteside and Greg Ward. Those guys are really good young wide receivers. So the second year of all three of those guys, uh, well, uh, Whiteside and Greg Ward, I think those guys are going to come around real nice this year. So last year's health issues might have actually helped them. When you talk about this year, you know, like Whiteside got some playing time. Greg Ward got the playing time. So um, they've, they've created a little depth through that. So, I, I, you know, if the health bug gets them again, they've got depth. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Brad, you mentioned him. I mean, such an explosive, exciting player. And I want to say the last two seasons, he'd come out and had a couple of huge games in week one and week two. And then, you know, everybody rushes out to the wire to pick him up, or maybe he was a late draft pick. And then he just completely, he ends up getting injured, and it's just worthless because once he gets hurt, it, it seems like it's usually a season ender. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, if you have your last dollar to spend, you're trying to fill up a bench or you do one of those, you know, what we call those dumb snake drafts and you, it's your last pick of the draft. <laughs> Fucking dumb uh, snake drafts. Yeah, stupid <laughs> pussies. But uh, I digress. <laughs> but anyways, so I pick up Deshaun Jackson for a dollar or so because like you said, the last two years, that guy has blown up for two weeks. Get him on your team, a guy that put up 18, 20 points each two weeks, and then trade his ass and get something real nice. And it, what did it cost you? A buck, you know? At the very least, get him in your lineup for week one and two because he's done damage these last couple seasons and then just completely, you know, gets put on the shelf with the injury, and that's about it. Um, you mentioned Ertz. Obviously, he's a top five tight end. Uh, Definitely. Really good player. Even if you think about the last couple of years, their backup tight end, their second tight end, Dallas Godert, you know, he's kind of taken some of Ertz's uh, red zone chances too. So, I mean, he could even be more explosive if uh, Godert wasn't uh, snagging some uh, TDs here and there. Yeah, it's kind of like that Hunter Henry at the Gates thing where it was kind of like the transitioning of passing the torch. Obviously, Godert is going to be the guy to go to down the road, but Ertz is still getting his pie and still going to take, you know, some of those touchdowns away. Yeah, so then getting on to the running back position, uh, Rich, I know that you had this player last year rostered, and it seemed like the Philly uh, RB situation was destined to kind of be this committee of about four or five backs going to roll out there, you know, with no real uh, rhyme or reason to it. But towards the end of the year, Miles Sanders kind of came in there, took the reins, and uh, he, he made me a believer that he could be the guy, be a number one RB. What about you? Well, yeah, I um, I drafted him last year. Uh, 
you know, early, early draft. I mean, that's, that's almost a guy you could, you could wait until week two and put him on your waivers last year um, just because of how crowded it was there, Jordan Howard. So it was all set up, you know, for him to have to work to get to his position. And so I considered him my project last year and he progressed exactly as I planned throughout the year. Um, There was some injury that got him into position, but the whole point was once they saw him as the back that he is, they used him. And I know Doug Peterson, he doesn't want to use a running back um, that much. He, he would, he's kind of the Andy Reed tree where he does like to you know, like spread the ball out in the backfield a little bit. So having said that, they couldn't stop giving Miles Sanders the ball towards the end of the year. You know, I, I didn't know if we'd get there, um, you know, a sneaky, sneaky, really top end guy this year when it comes to Miles Sanders. Um, I'd like to have him. <laughs> yeah, I do think Miles Sanders would be a good play. I, I put him like kind of like that eight to fifteen range somewhere in there. I didn't. I'm a more bullish guy on him. I, I say he's gonna be in that eight range. Um, I don't think that you know Boston Scott in the backfield. I, I watched it last year and it was kind of a little bit like where I'd see too many plays going to him. I just think another off season um, they'll see what Sanders is bringing to the table. And I think the guy's going to get the rock. He's going to get 20 to 25 touches every game. And what I already said is going to be, you know, really high end offense. So um, kind of letting the cat out of the bag, but I, I think he's going to be a great player this year. Yeah. And that, that offense was so ravaged with uh, the injuries towards the end of the year. I mean, they were running uh practice squad receivers out there on Monday night football, you know, it was rough, but uh, Miles Sanders, he definitely took advantage of the opportunity he got. And yeah, I like him as a, as a running back prospect uh, this year. Yeah. If they all, if they all stay healthy, this will be a really dangerous team, man. If they all stay good healthy. Offense. It'll be good offense if they're healthy. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I tend to be one to believe that, you know, that kind of flips year to year. Like they were like really unlucky with it last year. I would feel like, you know, knock on wood, they're going to have a good health year that you don't have those two back to back. And like, you know, it was all on offense too. They were just losing tons and tons of people offense, offensive player every time. Yeah, I agree. The Eagles uh, fantasy defense um, always seems to be one every year that puts together some nice performances and is usually pretty stout. That's one that I might keep on my radar for a few bucks. You know, I might go up to like uh, three or four bucks if I really wanted them. Uh, what do you guys think about the Eagles' defense? Always a solid defense. Um, I've had them on my team a couple different times. I've also traded them a couple different times. That'll happen with defenses, but um, always a solid defense. You know, the, the, you know Fletcher Cox on the line is is tearing it up usually. So, uh, you know, it's it's a, a team that if they're healthy, I definitely think they're a solid team all around. So good enough defense. I think you're about right. You know, about three to four dollars. Yeah, and the one thing they seem to do is find a knack for getting in the end zone. So I always like a defense that has that knack. So yeah, I agree, man. And that's we were talking about defenses uh, on a different episode. And the Eagles are the kind of the type that you look for if you miss out on the the top two or three that you you know that everybody's going after. The Eagles is a nice one to kind of fall back on, and they should do good for you. Uh, what are you guys thinking record-wise? Uh, and really, I mean, this is our last team to chat about in the NFC East. Uh, you know, who do you think's coming out of this division? I think it's Cowboys and Eagles fight. Put them both at nine and seven, and whoever's got the, the tiebreaker probably will win. And the other two will probably be eight and eight because you know they're going to be close too because that's how the NFC generally goes. I lead towards the Cowboys just because I think the injury bug might hit them again and that might send them back. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I do think there's that separation. Cowboys, Eagles, the two good teams. Uh, Redskins, Giants, kind of the two bad teams. 
Um, I'm leaning towards the Eagles. I'm going to say that they're going to stay healthy this year, and if that's the case, then they're the better team. They won the division last year um, with their injuries, so I'm going to lean that way again this year. Um, I don't know what I'm getting from Mike McCarthy and the DAC relationship, so I'm going to lean a little bit towards the Eagles. I don't think uh, either team's going to separate too much, 10-6, and 9-7, and seven, both those teams, uh, but I lead towards the Eagles. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Uh, I, I like Dallas um, to come out of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if both those teams make the playoffs. Uh, both should be pretty good teams. Yeah, the just the Eagles injuries last year, like you said, man, you got to believe it can't happen two years in a row because that was just – It will happen to Deshaun. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's Deshaun's, Deshaun's Deshaun's. He's having his hammy. That's happening. But, yeah. you know, past that, I mean – Hopefully it happens in practice rather than what – lose a start over <laughs> before we finish up each uh division here we like to pick out our breakout fantasy performer for the 2020 season coming from the nfc east and rich i'll send it over to you who do you think is going to be this year's fantasy stud that just kind of blows up oh uh, well you know i i hate to come right back around to him but you know miles sanders is my guy um i think he's gonna really tear it up this year um another guy another sleeper i know it was only supposed to be one but um i think if one of the quarterbacks like gets it right in washington maybe mclaren's gonna be a guy who could pop this year as well yeah i like mclaren too i think he's he's got top speed great talent runs great routes so that all makes for a great wide receiver so i think he's he would be my guy all right all right yeah i'm gonna go uh Go over to Dallas, and I think Michael Gallup, uh, I think we kind of mentioned him. You know, he's he might take that next step this year, and, I mean, uh, you just look at that receiving core, and that's going to be nice. So i say Michael Gallup could kind of have a breakout fantasy performance. All right, and that is going to wrap up our fully blown analysis of the NFC East. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Maybe you gleaned some uh, actionable fantasy intelligence. Uh, something that you can take with you uh, into draft day. Thanks again to all the people for listening. I want to thank my co-hosts, my brothers from another mother, Brad and Rich. Uh, appreciate them coming in and dropping knowledge bombs on everybody. So check us out once again on all the socials. And we'll see y'all next time at the Organic Football Podcast. Late.
What am I, a joker? What do I look like?